In this episode, we will learn how to live a deliberate life from a man who had eight near-death experiences. He's the author of Near-Death Lessons and is also the founder and CEO of Remote Staff. Welcome to the show, Chris. How are you doing? Thank you for having me here, Toby. Doing really well. Uh, calling you from LA. <laughs> yes, thank you so much for tuning in all the way from LA. Thank you so much for making the time out to have a soulful conversation with me on this episode. I really appreciate your presence here today. And, you know, right from the time we connected um, during the National Publicity Summit, I was like, yes, I have to speak with this man about his eight near-death experiences. Like, <laughs> who leads to tell the story after eight near-death experiences? It's Chris, right? Chris gets to do that. <laughs> it's, it's not a record you want to have, Toby, and I'm lucky to be alive to be still here to share these stories because obviously to have eight near-death experiences, they didn't happen very all very soon. Obviously, they happened from the ages of 7 to 44. I'm now 50, so I've had a good run so far. But, uh, yeah, over a lifetime. And some of them were, were, were how can I say this, uh, Transformative, and some of those experiences were not transformative. But yeah, yeah. For for the for the sake of this short social conversation, can you like share the experiences that were transformative for you? Yeah. Look, the first brain operation at the age of uh, 32 was transformative. A brain tumor the size of five centimeters almost killed me. Mm. I ignored my hereditary condition. I have a condition that has me prone to cysts and tumors, and. Uh, when this brain tumor almost killed me, I looked at the sky and said to God, enough is enough, kill me, but I choose life. I don't want to live as a victim anymore like this. I don't, I've had enough of being disempowered and living a life always uh, responding to circumstances and things that happen, cancer, this, operation here, that. I've had enough. I just want to focus on living and embracing whatever amount of life I have left. And um and that's when I went from living a broken life to living an empowered life. And, and so for 13 years, I was a victim. And for 17 years, I've been living as a self-empowered individual. And I can't believe that it's only a slight difference. But one means you're broke, always doubtful, always uncertain about yourself. The other one means you're very wealthy, you're very successful, you, you, you set out to do things and you do them regardless of the result. And eventually, sometimes you, you succeed and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a place of contribution and creativity. It's a place where you can live up to your full potential. Yeah. When you're in a state of doubts and insecurities and feeling like a victim of circumstances in your life all the time, you can't become your best version. You, can, you just can't. Yeah, that's true. And how do you make that switch? How do you make that switch from, you know, living in a victim mentality state to becoming a victor and the author of your own story? You know, honestly, we all can be the authors of our own story. We all can control our lives. We all have far more control in our lives than we all realize. It's just that a lot of people are giving their power away to circumstances that occur. We might have goals and ambitions and they don't turn out. Fine. Maybe some health adversity or something set us back. Fine. Look, we all have plans. So many of our plans don't go to plan, okay? Fine. Forget yes. about it. Mm -hmm. Understand that you're still in control. You're still here. You can still take care of two things in your life. Your thoughts, your attitude, you know, and your actions. Stop living in the past. Stop dwelling on things you, you um, 
that didn't work out for you, focus on your next move, focus on uh, how you can approach things differently and how you can grow from your experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of us uh, dwell too long in what happened to us. Therefore, we are in the past too much or we put too much energy in the past. We forget that every day we have a certain amount of hours that we are awake. But in those waking hours, there's a certain amount of hours that we can be productive and we are in control of our focus and we have capabilities of uh, applying effective action. So don't assume that we can apply ourselves throughout the whole entire day. Let's say that in a, in a day, you might only have, like, say, four hours, six hours of really productive action driving capabilities. This is energy. Don't deplete your energy on focusing on the past and things outside of your control. Focus your energy on the things you can control in your life, your thoughts, your actions, and how you manage your time. Stop wasting your time on the things that are outside of your control. Yes. Stop wasting your time on the things that are outside of your control. Focus on the things that you can take charge of, basically. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I like some other lessons you, you learned from um, your NEDEC experiences, like when you went through the first one, the second one, the third one, the eighth one. I like some things that you, you got or you learned from those experiences. Sure. Uh, well, obviously, the first one, I was seven, and I don't remember much other than a vivid dream. Uh, and that, at age seven, I remember I was caught by the arms of an angel is how I interpreted the experience. So I feel like from the age of seven, I've always had this somehow in a dream experience that I'm always going to be saved somehow. And that has turned out to be true. <laughs> and then at the age of 21, I almost drowned uh, when I got caught out in a rip in Australia and I, I, and I inhaled water, underwater. I, was, I just... I just inhaled water and all of a sudden my life flashed before me. I got very comfortable. I got very peaceful and I just saw my life from 21 all the way down to five, six. Or the thing that flashed before me was memories of, of me having some magic memories and of relationships. That was it. Uh, of people, important people in my life. So from that experience, I didn't gain anything. Uh, me and my friends were actually had a laugh about it. I was joking with my friends, God, might almost drowned. You know, we're laughing. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so nothing really came from that one. Mm-hmm. Um, at 25, I had an eye operation and uh, I woke up. It's the biggest nightmare for everyone. I woke up in the middle of an eye operation. I felt the needle in my eye oh. poke in like an egg. <laughs> oh. It was crazy. Oh. And I, my, jaw, my, my jaw is clamped. I'm like, ah! I'm screaming, but I can't scream because my jaw is clamped. I hear the radio, the doctors, and uh, they noticed that I must have woken up, and mm. then they overdosed me. And then when I was in the ICU ward, I woke up, I flatlined, and when I flatlined, I had the little buzzer on my finger, and I thought, why am I flatlining? There must be something wrong with the machine. Maybe the thing came off my finger. I couldn't move my head. I just remember I, I could see it on the bottom of my eyes, and I and the machine's flatlining and all of a sudden everything went white. And I just remember, again, the sense of peace. I feel this shift in time. There's a time zone. There's like, there's this time presence existence in this earth. Mm-hmm. And then there's this other existence of time that slows down in this other dimension. I can't explain it other than saying that. It went white. I knew I was somewhere else. I knew I'm not part of my body anymore. I've got this awareness and I'm going, hey, hey, hey. 
I'm not getting at it. I'm not going anywhere. It's my sister's wedding soon. <laughs> and that was the thoughts that were running at 25. Mm. And I, all of a sudden, I'm back in my body and uh, people were about to resuscitate. And uh, so they were all the casual results. And then the serious one was the brain operation at 32 that almost killed me. Uh, I had electrical shocks running down my spine. Uh, it was unbelievable. Um, and that's the one that woke, I woke up to my mortality and realized, wow, if I don't start living my life, I may never get a chance to live it the way I dream of. Mm-hmm. I get up all these dreams, but who cares? If I'm not willing to do something about them now, I may never get that chance to live that life. And that woke me up to my mortality. That woke me up to the reality of if, to, to, who has time to be down and out. That woke me up to this reality of do something now. You must start living a deliberate life because you cannot just keep wasting time on these different things. You must set path. You must have clarity with what you really want and go after it. Because if you don't have clarity, you're going to be shifting your focus, wasting time everywhere. You're going to be chasing your tail. You're going to be always running away from problems rather than taking life on. That operation, uh, that, that near-death experience was what transformed my life because I started taking life on since then. And then a few months later, I had another one where my right kidney was removed because it was full of cancers, 95%. They killed my father, but it, but it didn't kill me. Uh, and then uh, I didn't get I didn't get much of a, a transformation on that one because all I did from that one was I said I'm taking a year off. I've had enough. I need time to heal. I need time to just yeah understand what I've just gone through. And uh, so that was that experience. The other one was another kidney cancer battle to remove four fast-growing cancers. Uh, that was when I bargained for my life. I thought. Yeah, I'm going to get a chance to live on my remaining left kidney now that I've got that right, but I've got four cancers and blah, blah, blah. I bargained for my life and I said, Doc, you give me 10 years of life with my kidney and I'll employ thousands. Mm. And I felt like I needed to do something noble in return for living life cancer-free and on my original kidney because living on dialysis is not very good. Mm. And that's what was the genesis of my business, Remote Start. And since then... Since bargaining for my life, I've employed 8,000 people. Oh, that's amazing. That's good. Yeah, yeah. This and I, I, I don't employ anyone before that point. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that, that was like a major shift for you from employing no one to employing 8,000 people. And that's why I'm Because I'm speaking, I was bargaining for my life. Yeah. Yes, because of bargaining for your life. And that's why I'm speaking with you today, Chris, actually. Because I want to learn how you made that shift, you know, in your life. Like, how did you learn to, you know, find and then to fulfill your life purpose what did you do to to find your life purpose and also what are you doing right now to stay fulfilled or to stay on that path of your life purpose oh that's that's a very big one i mean fulfillment having to always nearly die i mean dying nearly is brutal sometimes it's ugly it's not a romance it's not it's ugly i mean after my second brain operation i would rather be dead then carry on living. I had so many adversities. Mm-hmm. So every time I am almost dead and I come back, it's like I have a reset button. Something's pressed in my heart and I have to reevaluate everything. And so I'm always reevaluating how do I find fulfillment and purpose? How do I carry on in life after all these adversities, right? Mm-hmm. And half the time, I can tell you this and to all the audience out there I don't know what I bloody want until I know what I don't want. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, let's yeah. put it out there. Until we try something and we realize, man, I don't like that. Is the only time we learn and we have we have knowledge to go. You know what? I don't like that, but I definitely prefer to do that. As an example, so I've never learnt what I like compared to when I learnt something when I don't like. So that's one myth I want to get out there. The second one is that I didn't know my life's purpose was. I thought at 25 I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I thought that's my life purpose. But it was only after me employing people for like six years and and seeing the impact of how I'm serving and contributing to other people, my fellow entrepreneurs and the Filipino community who I employ, I look back to recognize that, oh, this is my life purpose. Mm-hmm. Our life purpose is something that where we toil and serve our need that's outside of our own needs, something that serves others, and we are equally as passionate and commitment to help and care more than we are about our own interests. Mm-hmm. That's your purpose, yes. whatever that is, whether it's nature, whether it's, if you, if you have a passion and a care to care more deeply mm-hmm. than others, and you're willing to do something about it, and that gives you energy, that's your purpose. Yeah. So we have to search down within us and look for that thing that keeps us burning, basically, that keeps us on our toes, basically. Yeah, yeah. If it gives you energy, you know you're onto something. Do not neglect what fuels you. What fuels you, we are biological miracle walking here. And if there's an energy that, 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 that drives us, that flares us up, that burns our heart, that gives us a flame, do not ignore it. Fuel it. Invest in it. Put more and more time and energy in it. Because if you recognize it's important for you, and it really is, there's a seed of greatness in all of us. And you must fuel that because as you give more and more time, you fail, mistakes, you try, you stuff it up, you keep going. The more you keep doing this, guess what? You're developing skills. You're improving capabilities. You're getting better at it. And when when you're committed to something, you're trying, trying, regardless of the disasters in your outcomes and the results that aren't going to plan, you're telling the universe, hey, get out of my way. I'm doing this no matter what. Mm. Before you know it, there's... When you keep at it, keep at it, keep at it, before you know it, there is a time in the future somewhere where you will have this moment, this opening to accelerate, to gain some advantages. And when you're at it, at, at it you can be there to jump and take advantage of that opportunity. A lot of people just try something, fail, move on. They haven't failed enough, haven't tried enough for long enough to be there to take advantage of an opportunity when something shifts for them to take advantage of. People don't take advantage of these opportunities because they move on too fast. Yes, that's true. People, yeah, of course. But, you know, sometimes it could be quite difficult, you know, to really have that time, take that time to find out who you truly are. And then also, after finding out who you truly are, taking that step, that bold step to go on that path of doing that thing that really makes you happy or really brings you fulfillment or really, you know, keeps you burning inside, basically. So I think for us to be able to do this, we have to be deliberate. We have to be intentional about, you know, wanting to live a life of fulfillment and living a life, you know, even though it's difficult, even though it's, it's not easy, um, to still go on that part of, you know, excelling, basically, in life. So what can we do to, to you know, align ourselves towards going on that path, even though it's not easy, to be deliberate, to be intentional about fulfilling our destiny in life or purpose in life? I, I, I think recognize that we're not going to be here forever. Mm. I, I think our mortality 
and, and the confronting of our mortality is the first step we need to do. I ran away from my mortality and I thought uh, I'm never going to die. I had a fear of my mortality for 13 years. And the moment I accepted my mortality was the moment I was able to embrace living life to the fullest and I was able to cherish life. So if we can understand that we aren't going to be here forever is a very important thing because I then played a game in myself. Instead of living as if it's my last day alive every, every day, I live as if it's my last year alive every year. And that way, if I, if I see that, oh yeah, 2023 is my last year alive. If it truly is my last year alive, well, I better get clear on what is it that I truly want to achieve, become, do, have, be during this last year. And so having clarity with our desires, my desires, was the most important thing for me to truly live life to the fullest every year and to live a deliberate life every year. So for everyone who wants to live a deliberate life, living life to the fullest every year, you must understand that having clarity is your biggest number one job because not knowing what you want to do is a, is, is a sign of being a victim. You are running away from one of life's problems if you have doubts and insecurities. If you don't know what you want to do in life, that's because you're running away from life. So first thing to do is embrace your true desires in life. Don't run away from them. Embrace them that I really love this. I want to do this. Or you know what, this, I don't understand why, but this somehow makes me happy. Or this appeals to me, whatever it is. Then look for whatever image that represents that feeling, that image, that goal, there's an image. You need to find an image. And then behind the image, I write down, you know, uh, like why this is important to me, why this somehow makes me happy. I don't understand, but why I write it all down. And then I put that image somewhere on the back of a cabinetry. Every, every day or every week or on my phone, I look at these images to remind me why this is important. And I'm doing something. I'm speaking to my subconscious mind because our conscious mind is very small in comparison. The subconscious mind is significantly more powerful and bigger. 98% of our energy goes there. And our subconscious, you cannot communicate to our subconscious with words. You can only communicate with feelings and images. And so when I link my feelings with an image that represents a goal, I cannot tell you why, because I'm not a scientist, but I can tell you one thing, yeah. that over 30 years, I've been able to accomplish 75% of my wildest dreams year on year, just by doing a simple thing, linking an image to a goal. Linking an image to a goal. I would call that, is it like I'm having a, a visual board, for example, and, you know, visualizing similar. scenes? Yes, uh, same thing. Similar. Yeah. similar, except a visualizing, the vision board concept, the problem with those vision board concepts is that's some kind of dreams that one day I want to have this jet. That one day, let, let's say you want to have a jet, okay? People in this world have jets. People buy jets. People fly around in jets. People pay for those fuels for the jets, employ a captain to fly these jets and, and staff inside to serve them, God knows what, if that's what they want, and to maintain them. Know that that's a reality for people, okay? Mm -hmm. The problem when you do these vision boards is you're putting something on that vision board that disconnected with why that's important to you. Mm -hmm. Why does that appeal to you? Mm -hmm. So when you put that image of a jet, for example, and you're not linking it to the reasons why it's important, 
you are not going to take enough actions and you're not going to link enough of what you need to do to do something about that. Yeah. You see, that jet represents a lifestyle. That jet represents a level of business. Mm. Now, it's not that difficult to get a jet and to live that life if that's what you want or if that's what you're willing to pay the price to be able to afford this kind of a lifestyle like it's nothing. Like a friend of mine used to be one of the wealthiest Australians. He has a jet, $16 million jet. He has a pilot. He has all this. Now, when I tell him, and he tells me all these expenses, he goes, well, it's all relative, Chris. I earn $600 million a year. What is this going to cost? This is nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, my energy bill on an island that I own is $80,000. So who cares? You know, like, so for him, he's a, multi, he's a billionaire. He can do that. But for the people, so for me, one of the biggest problems when people create a vision board is they, they go too far out there and they don't link it. It's the why it's important, as I mentioned. So I, when I put a goal, I put also big, big things on the goal, but I, but I clearly related directly to, you know, hey, my business is six, $16 million, I want to grow it to $100 million. Hey, that's a big job. Yeah. That's a big job. But I've got reasons why that's important, the impact I make, all these other things are really packed on the reasons. Mm. So my actions can represent the, 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 the magnitude that they need to be at to do what I need to do there. I need to do, do dramatic things to transform my business from 16 million to 100 million. I can't do it casually. I can't do it automatically. I have to do it with intention and strategy. Yes. Yes, with intention, strategy, and also gradually. It doesn't happen overnight, basically. It happens with... Yeah. One step at a time. One step at a time, exactly. One step at a time. Wow. I'll I'll also talk briefly about your book. I mean, I really appreciate everything you shared so far. I love the fact that you really helped us to understand what it means to live a deliberate life. And um, you, you know, you grew up as a not typical kid in a very typical immigrant family. How, how was that like for you? Like, how, how did your life change from living that kind of, um, um, you know, set up basically to becoming who you are today? Can you share some of that story with us? Uh, look, I've been, I've been formed and shaped by adversity. Uh, adversity has broke me many times. Uh, and I, I'm, just a, I'm just a normal person, as all of us are. Uh, we, all, we all are born with nothing. We all die with nothing, yeah? We yeah. all we don't, we don't take anything with us. And so... Um, what I love about our mortality is the ultimate equalizer. So at the beginning, I'm just a normal kid. Who am I, right? Some suburban kid in Melbourne, Australia, immigrant family. So what? But you know what? Who am I not to embrace my true power? And who are we not to embrace our true power? We have an incredible gift. Every time I go on these layers and layers of nearly dying then coming back to life. No, no, I nearly, I nearly died, but now I'm back. I mean, I'm back. <laughs> I can't take this time for granted, you know? I cannot just, and, and every time this happens to me, I seem to always go deeper and deeper into my true inner integrity, my true authenticity. And every time I embrace who I am authentically, mysteriously, I become more powerful. I become more wealthy. I become more stronger. Isn't it strange? So the more we embrace who we really are, the more we understand who we truly are, 
the more we realize we are God defined creatures here. <laughs> we have this moment of time and we are here to create. We're here to express ourselves. We're here to become and serve and make this place a better place than when we left, when we came here, as much as we can. I truly believe that we all have this deep desire in us to make our lives matter and count in some way. And the only way our lives can matter and count is if we're willing to, 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 to serve and contribute in some way that matters to us. Because we can't transform the world, but we can transform one life at a time, one cause at a time, and all this stuff. And we must take care of our families first and foremost, because we can't take care of our wider communities until we can take care of ourselves and our families. Liquid IV is a category-winning hydration brand following your wellness. The hydration multiplier is the one product you are missing in your daily routine right now. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and twice faster hydration than water alone. Use it first thing in the morning, use it before a workout, use it when you feel run down, use it after a long night out and use it on those very long flights. Get 20% off whatever you get on liquidiv.com. Just use our promo code MirrorTalk at checkout. Visit our shops for more details. Links are available in the show notes of this episode. Tell me how your express is with the liquid IV hydration product. Thank you. What you actually hear so, so far is so insightful. Like we have to find out who we truly are, then embrace that being, embrace who we truly are, and that way we become powerful. We're able to become that what we want to become. We'll be able to, you know, become successful, become, become powerful, and become fully the being that we are created to be. Yeah. The moment you embrace who you are as your unique you, warts and all, weaknesses and all. Look, this is how my left hand works. Fifty years, six years. I, I'm not fearing this from the world. I'm not trying to hide it. I'm embracing my imperfections as much as I'm embracing my strengths. I love both my strengths, weaknesses, dark side, light side, all of it. Because the more I am okay with who I am, the more I've came to peace with who I am, the more I can become a vessel for good. The more I can express my, my, my fruits and my labor can be more magnified and powerful just by being me yes just we, being you yes just be yourself and praise where you are love yourself and become powerful <laughs> i love that chris um i know your, your book is available for sale for everyone who is, who is out there who would love to read the book um can you tell us more about it and how people could you know get hold of the book read the book also Sure. So I, I wrote a book because after my second brain operation, I thought I was going to die again. And I didn't know how long I was going to live. And so I wrote a book for my two young sons, a newborn and a six-year-old at the time. I wanted, them, I wanted them to know who their father was. And I didn't want to tell them from the grave how to live their life. <laughs> so I, I intentionally just wrote my story. I didn't want to share advice. But then a year later, I had six cancers grow rapidly in my remaining left kidney. Now I live with half a kidney. And so I had those six cancers removed. And then again, I found myself bargaining for my life. And that's when I said to the doctor, doc, you give me another 10 years of life with my original kidney and tumor free and I'll, and I'll inspire millions. So I knew that I had a, an incredible story. And then a year later, I decided to take my story public. 
I spent six years working on my story. And so after deciding to take my story public, I didn't want to just share my story. I wanted to share my insights and learnings because I've spent millions of dollars learning certain mistakes that have cost me that much money. I've nearly died to gain distinctions that I've gained that have all transformed my life. And I like many of my other friends around me who've confronted cancers or other serious adversities. I seem to bounce back from adversities more driven, more hungry than ever before. <laughs> After every one of my adversities, I just seem to get stronger, get more driven, get more hungry. Yeah. Um, and so my story, I gave it to a, a resilience consultant and I said to this lady, can you read my story and just put a spotlight on how I respond to adversity differently compared to a more common response? Because, you know, I don't know. I just respond from adversity like time and time again. I'm not, I don't have a plan. I don't have a strategy. And so we spent one year dissecting my story and putting a spotlight in how I respond versus how a more common response is to such an adversity. And that's where we came up with five life lessons that we share. And that's when we came up with other distinctions. So my book is a story. It's kind of a story and self-help combined. You will feel optimistic, hopeful about to believe in yourself and your dreams and your future like never before. You're going to have uh, a whole new level of gratitude in your life after reading my story. This is what people are saying in the reviews mm-hmm. and people who reach out to me privately. And they say, Chris, uh, thank you very much because I didn't know what was next in my life. But reading your story and the amount of confrontations you constantly have to overcome in your life, yeah. you've put a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of things in perspective and a grounding in my own life. Mm-hmm. And so I think my story is powerful from those points of views. And so people can find that at either Amazon, if you type near-death lessons, or at neardeathlessons.com. Like, you know, near-death experience, but near-death lessons. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's an entertaining story. I've, I've invested a significant amount of time and money to make sure that the reader uh, is top of mind in this story and that the reader is going to gain profound insights and you're going you're gonna to find yourself asking a lot of questions. That's true, of course. And I'm going to place a link to your website in the show notes of the episode. So I encourage everyone out there to visit your website, to get the book also. All the details will be in the show notes of the episode. It's a wonderful read. I got a digital copy. Thank you so much for that. And um, I, it was really true. I was like, wow. You know, from Wild Child, or no, not a typical um, kid, which is the first chapter to Wild Child, to, you know, um, being the black sheep that became a self-made man, all the way down, all the stories that you shared there, and you know, there's a lesson or more lessons to learn from each chapter, basically. So I encourage everyone to get the book um, and read the book and get across to Chris in one way or the other. What's, what's the best way to reach out to you in case someone has some questions to ask or wants to work closely with you? Uh, if you want to follow me, I've just set up a chrischenklovsky.com website, and uh, that would be probably the better way to always keep updated with all that I'm progressing and how I'm evolving this work of service and contribution. Mm. Okay, so the website is the best place to visit you. The link to your website is going to be in the show notes of this episode. Thank you so much, Chris. I really appreciate this conversation. It was so wonderful speaking with you, learning about your net experiences and how you're able to transform your life by being deliberate and by living um, your, your true life purpose by becoming 
who you are, or sorry, by knowing who you are and embracing who you are, flaws, strengths, and all of it. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thank you, Toby. Wow, you made it to the very end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm grateful for your time, your love, and your contributions. Subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast. God bless you. Bye. Bye.